Good morning, everyone. I bring the word of the Lord that I believe has laid in my heart. And this is the topic that I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to talk about the mighty hand of God. As again, I repeat, this morning, the word of the Lord that he has laid in my heart is the topic, the mighty hand of God. My desire this morning is to help each one of you understand there is a mighty hand that protects you. There's a, there's a mighty hand that watch, that guards you, that, that, that kind of shields you from danger and from evil. But today I want to introduce to you the hand of God. The invisible hand of God. You will not see it with your natural eye. I can see it with my natural eye, but it's there. That end is the only guarantee and the only protective device that we have today. So we need to lean on something. And that is what I'm bringing this morning. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Jehovah God, I want to thank you. I pray that God, as I speak to my brothers and sisters the world over, and to kings and emperors and all those that will access this message. To those who go to church and those who have never gone to church. Those who are born again and those who are religious nuts. I pray that Jehovah God, you will help me. To understand that I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. Introducing men and women to a God in heaven. Whose hand is mighty to save. Use me to your glory. So that those that are listening to me, God will be able to hear your voice. And I pray that you anoint me to speak the uncompromising word of God, the word of truth, to the glory of your name in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want us to go to the book of Exodus chapter number 14 and verses 10. Exodus chapter number 14 and verses 10. And we look at what the mighty end of God did to the children of Israel when they were threatened by the advancing army of Pharaoh at the Red Sea. The Bible says in verses, Exodus chapter 14, verses 20, uh, 10 to 14, and verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. The children of Israel had an enemy that they could see. The army of Pharaoh, the Bible says they lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. Let me just kind of stop there a little bit before I continue reading and help you to understand what, what we're talking about. The children of Israel had been in captivity. They had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years and 30 years on top. It's only 30 years when Joseph was alive, when they enjoyed peace. But now for 400 years, there were generations of slavery. They had endured slavery, working without money. And the hand of God delivered them from the oppression of Pharaoh. And now they were just in their honeymoon. They had just kind of left Egypt, the land of slavery. And now they, they moved from their land of Goshen where they were. And now they were confronted right before them by the Red Sea. And they didn't know what to do. The Red Sea was before them. The waters were enjoying themselves. They were full to capacity. And they had to cross to the other side. And it is while they were there, wondering how to cross to the other side, 
that they lifted up their eyes and they behold the Egyptians marched after them and they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. I don't know whether you have a God to cry to, whether that God is the living God or is an idol in your house or a carved image that you have kept somewhere in a building. Blessed are those who can call to the God of Israel because he answers prayer and he has a hand that delivers his people. Give me verse number 11. Then they say to Moses, the reaction of these people was very interesting just like today. Then they say to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? We live in a world where you never take responsibility for anything that you do wrong. You always look for a guinea pig. You look for somebody you can blame for your mistakes. The children of Israel wanted to blame somebody, and that was Moses. They looked at Moses in verse 11, and they asked Moses, is it because there was shortage of graves in Egypt that you brought us into this place to die, into this wilderness? I want you to realize that human beings are very funny, and I lead the park. None of them was dead. The reason why they could see the enemy is because they were still alive. <laughs> they were still alive. They were still breathing. But they lied to themselves that they were dead. They were dead guys, and the only thing they could cry for was a grave. I don't know whether you are blaming your president, whether you are blaming the scientists or the doctors or the medical fraternity, whether you are blaming the devil, you're blaming, you know, whatever, the oxygen, or you're blaming the weather. I don't know who you are, whether you're blaming your husband or your wife or your children or you are, uh, you are attorney or whatever. I don't know, or your pastor. I don't know who you're blaming. But I want you to know the reason why you are listening and watching this telecast is because you are alive. You're well. You are alive, my brother. You are alive, my sister. You are not dead. So they asked Moses, why, what have we done to you to bring us here to die in the wilderness? And verses 12, the Bible says, they reminded Moses of what they, their desire was before he took them out of Egypt. They say to Moses, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone, leave us alone. After all, we, we are willing to serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in this wilderness. It is, I find this very outrageous. I find this very annoying that people that are alive are already behaving like dead people. I want you to understand you are not dead and you are not dying, my brother. You are not dying. Hear me and hear me well. You are not dead and you are not dying in the name of the Lord. There's a God in heaven who protects his people and he will protect you. They said, let us alone. They said, you should have allowed us to stay the way we are. I have heard this narrative from people across the nations. People who think that because they give their lives to Jesus Christ, nothing will go bad. Because they were told if you get saved or if God is on your side, nothing will ever go wrong. It can never be farther from the truth. I've heard people say, why am I sick 
if God is there? If God is alive, why do we have cancer? If God is alive, why are people broke? Why can't families feed their children? Hear me and hear me well. This is a narrative that should be cast out of human minds because it's a devilish way of thinking. They were not, they said we were willing to stay in Egypt. We were better. We were better as slaves than dead. And yet nobody was dead. Verses, the next verse 13 says, you know, it, it brings us to, verse 13 brings us to the response that Moses gave to those guys who thought they were already dead or he had brought them or he had trapped them to die. Moses said to the people, do you not be afraid? And I want to look at you today and tell you, my brothers and my sisters, the world over, do not be afraid. I'm surprised that Christians are losing hope faster. And majority of Christians are behaving like those who don't have God, like those who don't know God. I want you to know today, I stand on this exalted order in Thika, Kenya, in Destiny Ministries International, as a child and as a servant of God to tell you that you should not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And he told them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There is salvation for the children of God. There is salvation to the people of God, whether they are Hindu or Muslim, whether they are Buddhists or whether they are Christians, whether they are Catholic or Protestant, whether they are Pentecostals or Charismatics, I have a, I have a word of hope to you and I have a word of faith to you that stand still, my brother, and see the salvation of the Lord. There is a God in heaven who saves his people. There is a God in heaven who is concerned about his people. This God is the CEO of the universe. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, I come from this order to tell you, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Fear is real. Fear is a reality to so many of you. When you can no longer open your business, when you can no longer run your company, when you can no longer pay your mortgage, when you can no longer pay your car, and you're afraid that the, the repos, the repos or the guys who repossess vehicles are on their way coming, or you're afraid that the bank is going to auction your house. And we can easily just behave like the children of Israel and wonder, why did God allow me to build my company? And I have to shut it down. I build an economic empire, a manufacturing empire. I build holding companies. I bought stocks. I have invested in the stock markets. I have built this great ministry, a pastor would say, or leaders of big organizations would say, I build all, I've spent all my years serving God and building and establishing this big, you know, establishment called our church or our ministry or whatever it is. And now we can't have services in them. We cannot go to church and have services. Now our budgets are crumpling. But hear me and hear me well. We can easily start blaming the weather or blame flus and colds and coughs and everything or the doctors. But let me tell you this. There is only one place to run. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And are saved. There's a place to run. There's a name to run to. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The Bible says the righteous run into it. And they are saved. 
Hear me as we continue reading. I almost started preaching and I realized I'm supposed to be reading. The Bible says he told them, stand, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. There is salvation for you, my brother. There is salvation for you, my sister. You man, you that is bottled up in your house, in your living room, you cannot come out. You are in a prison in your own house. Hear me and hear me well. There is salvation for you from the Lord. The Bible says, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see them again no more. It's amazing how God speaks. It's amazing how God works. That's why I'm talking about the mighty hand of God. It's a hand that you cannot see and I cannot see. Yet it is at work. Moses is telling people that are afraid, that are crying for graves. Maybe each one of them was looking for the ground where they should be buried. It's looking for people who are behaving like they are dead while they are still alive. And I remind you again and again, you are not dead and you are not dying. In Jesus' mighty name, God will spare you alive. God will spare my life and yours in the name of the Lord so that we can live to serve him and tell our generation that there is a God to bow to and to surrender our lives to.